Welcome to Interesting Times. I'm Joe Streckert. I haven't seen nearly as much chatter about it this season as in previous years, but a popular and ridiculous refrain in American media around December is the so-called War on Christmas. I'm sure you've heard of it if you have been living somewhere in these United States. I'm not going to rehash the details here. They are tedious. There is no contemporary war on Christmas. Christmas is doing fine. We had it last year. We'll have it next year. We will continue to have Christmases. But there was a war on Christmas, a real war on Christmas, in both colonial America and way back in merry old England. Puritans, they banned it in both regions. They saw that holiday as uncouth, ungodly, and unchristian. And a brief and probably overly simplistic summary of the Puritans. Uh, the Church of England, it's separated from the Roman Catholic Church because, to sum up a really complicated thing in a flippant way, a fat guy wanted a divorce. Uh, Henry VIII, who broke England off from Rome, he wasn't a reformer like Martin Luther. He was a politician, and he separated England from Rome for political reason. So after that separation, the Church of England retained many of the theological and cultural trappings of the Roman Catholic Church, and the Church of England was essentially Diet Coke Catholicism, and it arguably still is. And there were religious leaders in England who didn't really like that. They wanted to purify, hence Puritan, the Church of England from residual Catholic decadence. These English-speaking religious dissidents, they ended up seizing power in England during the English Civil War and establishing a colony in Massachusetts. They called it Massachusetts. And there were all kinds of things about daily life under the Puritans that are of note. But for our purposes, what we're all about is that they really didn't have holidays. The idea of a holiday, or holy day, the reasoning went, implied that the other days were somehow less than holy, or even unholy. One Puritan maxim was, they for whom all days are holy can have no holiday. One of the most colorful and oft-quoted examples of the puritanical disdain for Christmas is a 1912 sermon from Cotton Mather, a Puritan minister uh, also known for supporting the Salem witch trials. So this guy sounds awesome. Mather didn't mind acknowledging the nativity per se, but he objected to how it was celebrated. He said, quote, The feast of Christ's nativity is spent in reveling, dicing, carding, masking, and in all licentious liberty, by mad birth, by long eating, by hard drinking, by lewd gambling, by rude reveling. I can imagine Cotton Mather on the pulpit shaking his fist as he says that. And Mather wasn't alone. Uh, one of his antecedents was a 1580s minister called Philip Stubbs, who complained about Christmas, quote, that more mischief is that time committed than in all the year besides, what masking and mumming, whereby robbery, whoredom, murder, and what is not committed, what dicing and carding, what eating and drinking, what banqueting and feasting is then used, more than all the years besides, to the great dishonor of God and impoverishing of the realm. Unquote. Sounds like a pretty good time to me, but this went further than just rhetoric from the pen and from the pulpit. 
uh, when Puritans were able to control governments, they tried to legislate Christmas away. No, they did legislate Christmas away. In 1652, Oliver Cromwell's government, which was in charge of Britain after the English Civil War, passed a law mandating that shops and businesses remain open on December 25th. It was not a day off. And Massachusetts passed a similar ordinance in 1659. Uh, never mind Scrooge making Bob Cratchit work on Christmas. These guys were mandating that everyone got back to work instead of staying home and cooking a big dinner. If you were caught celebrating Christmas in Massachusetts instead of doing good godly work like on every other day, you would be fined five shillings. Now, to be fair, some of the Christmas celebrations that the Puritans, both in England and in what would become the United States, some of the traditions they were responding to were a bit on the extreme side. For instance, angry mobs in London were known to attack shops that were open for Christmas because those people were working instead of being festive, and they forcibly made people who weren't celebrating the holiday have mandatory fun. And then there's wassailing. You've probably heard the song, Here We Go, a Wasselin. Yeah, that one. Have you ever wondered what wassailing was? It was kind of like caroling. Roving bands of singers would show up at the houses of the well-to-do. They would regale them with song and then demand free food and drink, which may or may not have included figgy pudding. And if the food and booze was not forthcoming, wassailers could get kind of pushy about it. It's a big mob of drunk people wandering around in, in cold weather, and they're probably carrying at least one torch. You probably want to give them a little something. And this was a Christmas that lasted 12 days. The song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, that's not just some random lyric. Christmas lasted from, well, Christmas, until Twelfth Night, the night just before Epiphany, which marked the end of the Christmas season. So we're not just talking about Christmas Eve, opening up presents on Christmas morning, and then going out to a movie and getting Thai food because you don't want to cook again. No, we are talking about almost two weeks of revelry, food, drunkenness, and apparently lots of dicing, carding, and apparently whoredom. So the Christmas that the Puritans were banning and reacting to, it was a bit more involved than the one that we've got today. And again, sounds like kind of a fun time. So because of that, I want to give folks like Cotton Mather and Oliver Cromwell a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But on the other hand, the Puritans were in charge of literal military dictatorships and witch hunts. So it's my hunch that barring all of the surliness and errant crowds of drunken pudding demanders was probably just because the Puritans hated fun. And also what's funny about this is from a certain point of view, the Puritans, both in England and Massachusetts, kind of had a point. They were biblical literalists. They didn't want to live by church tradition or cultural tradition or any of that. They wanted to live by the Bible. And there is no biblical basis for Christmas. Uh, sure, the Christmas story is in there. But despite the prevalence of that Christmas story with, you know, Mary and Joseph and the donkey and all that type of stuff, uh, it's really not made a big deal of in the New Testament. In fact, it's not even in all of the four traditional Gospels. And at no point in any of the Gospels does Jesus tell his followers to throw a big party for his birthday every year. 
Uh, the conventional wisdom about where Christmas came from is that it was a Christian appropriation of already existing Roman winter festivals. Uh, the Romans, they of course had Saturnalia, a days-long festival that involved inversion of social norms where nobles were servants and servants were nobles, feasting, drinking, revelry, and later on, also in the Roman Empire, December 25th functioned as the birth date of the Roman god Sol Invictus, the unconquered sun. We don't know for sure, but it's almost certainly the case that the early Christian church looked at those pre-existing pagan holidays, figured that people liked them and were still going to celebrate them, filed off the serial numbers, made a few tweaks, applied a new coat of paint, and boom, suddenly we have annual Christian celebrations. Depending on your point of view, this is either really politically savvy or kind of cynical. I think it's sort of both. But if you were the type of person who wanted to live by the Bible and only the Bible, and the Puritans were, then Christmas should look sort of weird to you. It had much more to do with culture, tradition, and an excuse to throw a big party during the darkest part of the year than anything in the Bible. And if you take puritanical values as a given, then there really isn't room for Christmas. But the Puritans, I think, had kind of a reductive view of religion and culture. Uh, religion is not necessarily derivable from Holy Writ. For instance, if you were to take the Quran, just a text, and try to build a religion out of what's in there, you probably would not get an idea that matched up with the hundreds and thousands of variations on Islam that one can find throughout the world. Religious beliefs and practices are not just extracted from books. They're also influenced by other pre-existing traditions, cultural exchange, language, climate, interactions with other religions, economics, you name it. The Puritans seem to have denied that complexity. As a side note, um, a lot of new atheists seem to deny that complexity as well. And as an atheist myself, that is something that I have to remind my own self of again and again and again when I'm thinking about religion, lest I slip into the terrible Sam Harris place, a philosophical position that is kind of puritanical in its own right. But I digress. The Puritans obviously didn't win out. They did not succeed in banning Christmas and fining people five shillings for celebrating forever. In the United Kingdom, there was the Restoration, and the monarchy came back. And this is probably the only time when I'm going to think that the monarchy coming back is kind of a good thing. In the U.S., various states gradually shook off the old prohibition on merriment, and Ulysses S. Grant made Christmas a federal holiday in 1870. Christmas today is alive and well, and as ever, it's a time of revelry first, and the spiritual element, I think, is second maybe even a distant second. And it seems to have always been like that. The Puritans complained about it as something that was not necessarily spiritual and more just for fun. And when contemporary commentators talk about Christmas just being about presents and Santa and Frosty the Snowman and not being spiritual or contemplative enough or whatever, they're not really making a new argument. Uh, American wag, founding father, and all-around and all-around old-timey mad scientist Benjamin Franklin said of the season in his poem December, quote, O blessed season, loved by saints and sinners, for long devotions, or for longer dinners, unquote. I know which part I'm into. So, Merry Christmas to those of you who are into 
you know, Christmas. May it be filled with dicing, carding, masking, licentious liberty, mad mirth, and long dinners. May your holiday celebrations make Cotton Mather and Oliver Cromwell spin in their respective graves. And may the ghost of Benjamin Franklin, dining on a long dinner, smile upon you. So Interesting Times is normally recorded in these studios of Portland's X-Ray FM, but today, because of logistics, it's recorded in my office. I hope the sound quality has been to your liking. Uh, there will be no episode next week, or the week after that. Next week is Christmas, it's followed by New Year's. I have been doing this podcast for well over a year now, have not taken a single week off, and I am going to take two weeks off. However... There will be new things during those two weeks. There will not be a new episode per se, but check your feeds, watch for an announcement. There will be a thing. I want to thank you for listening. I also want to thank you for supporting the podcast. This podcast is ad-free and entirely dependent upon people who, because they are filled with the spirit, the Christmas spirit or otherwise, can choose to donate on Patreon. Patreon, it is a voluntary monthly subscription service, so you can donate to the things that you think are worth supporting. There is a link at interestingtimespodcast.com. Click on it and support the podcast. If you have questions, comments, if you want to yell at me or whatever, uh, go to Facebook, facebook.com slash interestingtimes with Joe Streckert. I'm on Twitter, at Joe Streckert. Thank you for listening. I will see you in January. Bye. I wish you a hopeful Christmas. I wish you a great new year. All anguish, pain, and sadness. Leave your heart and let your road be clear. They said there'd be snow at Christmas They said there'd be peace on earth Hallelujah, no hell Be it heaven or hell The Christmas we get, we deserve